F1 scoffs at a New York race, Tracing Point returns, Ferrari disappoint their Tafosi, and the evil empire is poised to strike again. Let's jump the star. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing Podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Ruben, how you doing? What's going on, guys? I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, what's up? No, I'm not good. Yeah. Not good at all. Yeah, we know. We know. Congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> on today's episode, we will be talking about the Spanish Grand Prix. And all that entailed. News leading up to it, including uh, a potential new Formula One track, uh, Russian GP as it stands, and some uh, car upgrades. And then we'll also be previewing Monaco. Uh, but with that said, um, please make sure if you're following us on any of your favorite podcast platforms, if you're listening to us right now, please leave us a review. Um Drop however many stars you feel we deserve. Obviously, constructive criticism is welcome. Five stars, obviously, always preferred. Uh, and also, we are on Instagram and Twitter, at Jump to Start F1. Please stop by and say hello. <laughs> and that's it. Ruben, how was your week, my man? Too short. Too short, as always. Yancy? Just, just wasn't good, man. Just wasn't good. I cannot wait to get into this. I cannot wait to just... talk crap. No, no, my week was pretty good. My son graduated yesterday from college. Oh, said congratulations. Yes. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> what? Because no, no. I didn't no, say no, it right away. Because I didn't say it right away. Does that mean you're in a bunch of student loan debt? <laughs> congratulations. You're no, no, no. We're not in student loan debt. By graduating college. You shouldn't have done that, son. Yeah. It's not good for you. <laughs> okay, let's jump into the news. Okay, yes. guys. Uh, it's been a long day already, I guess. So, not even news, but it, it, it's a piece of information that's floating out there. New York City Mayor offers Liberty Media a site for the F1 race. Our new favorite mayor here in New York. Eric Adams. Yeah, he's our new favorite. He's the only one we got. He's our new favorite mayor, <laughs> Eric Adams in New York City, has offered up to Liberty Media Randall's Island and Ward Island uh, to host an F1 event. Uh, so there's been long rumors and talks to get F1 to host a race here in the New York City area. This is actually all per uh, Motorsport. I want to make sure I put that out there, motorsport.com. Uh, there were races rumored to go into Jersey through the through one of the tunnels, Lincoln or Holland, and then back up the West Side Highway. Obviously, that never materialized. It was close. But never materialized. They even put a promo video together, Red Bull. Um, and now they're... So we saw Sergio Perez two weeks ago in New York City driving through the streets on his way down to Miami. Yes. Um, Which is he, cool. He got that video was nice. Too. He got a ticket. Very right in New York. Deserved it. Very right in New York. Um, and now we have this rumor or potential bit of information from Eric Adams saying that he would love to host an F1 race here in what I think is a perfect location. 
I think so too. It could be done. It could happen. I think no. it could definitely happen there. No, no, they would have to obviously make some configuration changes mm, for the uh, mm, roadways, mm, but mm, 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 mm. yes, he seems to disagree. No, it's a... All right, you guys go. Why would it be a good place? Well, because it's completely. Uh, it, it would be like having a race in Montreal. Montreal, you're at the. I forget the name of the park, but you're at the park. You're away from the city. You're away from the traffic. You're away from the congestion. There's a lot of space. Uh, for all the fan zone activities, easy access. I, I feel like maybe it's not the easiest of access, but you could walk over from Manhattan. You could walk over from the Bronx. Uh, the ferry would get you there. Uh, there's already roadways there. There's existing facilities for uh, like bathrooms and, and uh, potential concessions. There's already a, a stadium there. Imagine like a photo solo type setup through Icon Stadium in, in uh, Randall's Island, that would be pretty freaking hot. Yeah. No. No, I still haven't sold you? Mm-mm. I mean, you got all the logistics correct, but... That's all I care about. No, no, I mean, you it, missed yeah. one. Imagine even as way. easy as making just shuttle buses through 125 to take you there. Yeah, that's another one, yeah. To be, you know, to get, to get people in and out. The race on uh, on in Montreal is on the, the Isle of Notre Dame. Okay. All we're missing is the Hunchback. There you go. Uh, yeah, but still, Randall's Island is a horrible place to have a race. Are you ever going to tell us why, or are you just going to keep us guessing? It's just horrible. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Because it doesn't fit the glam, the glitz, and the glam of F1. Okay. Just doesn't do it. This island is in the middle of Queens, the Bronx, and Harlem. Manhattan. Harlem. Okay. Manhattan. Okay. The the fact that they when they originally proposed a race in Jersey, it was along River Road, which run which runs alongside Manhattan, where you have literally the buildings of downtown overlooking it. Okay, go ahead. Okay, mm-hmm. that is not the case with Randall's Island or Ward Island. To get there. Like we, I was we were talking earlier, would probably it's easy, but just to handle that many people would probably be a nightmare. And in order for you to hold and build a track there, and I that's probably why Eric Adams has proposed Randall's Island. You would have to make a ton of infrastructure changes, which would probably make the island better, no doubt, but. It's it's a lot of work, and I just don't see it. It's not the again. It doesn't for me. It just doesn't fit that. If you think of New York, you think of the lights. You think of the the, the stars that live here. You think of the glitz, the like glamour, me. huh? The stars like me, yeah, yeah, like you, yeah. You know, obviously you're the biggest star here. Um, that is the same reason why we're going to Vegas. Why it's along the Strip. Why you're in Miami. Why they have the beaches there. It's that it's it's because of that. Miami, the beaches. Well, not, I'm talking about like, like they have that that beach vibe, the the the, the palm gotcha, trees man. and all of that stuff. But there's no beach around there. No, right, and it, it's very far away from South Beach. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't. It, it's and they made and look and they made it happen. They made it happen. I I feel like what what you're seeing. And they don't have public transport as good as us with the public transportation. Right. What you're saying, you can still actually see a very nice skyline from Randall's Island. Like, you would still have exactly the same experience. I, I, I don't know. 
I, I actually like the idea. I think it could be done. I think Yancy needs to go. No, Yancy needs to go to Randall's Island and see how, what it's become when you know when he went in the Flintstone I've, I've, era. I've been there. It looks like you know park with baseball fields. Okay, it's so, a lot more. It's a lot more. There's a lot of. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of trails there. I mean, as far as when I say trails, they, mm-hmm. they made they connected the whole park. So pretty much, you could put a track there, right? And make it useful for, even for other events. Because right. at least I when I, when what I think about Randall's Island, I think it's gonna bother less people than when if you were to do it, try to sneak it into the city, or even do it in you know Edge River Road or whatever Edgewater around that area. It's gonna bother more people if you do it in those places. If you do it in Randall, you could destroy the whole island and still build it back up again. And it's not going to bother a single person because there's no traffic when going you, through there on a daily basis. When, when you think about New York City, you think about Lower Manhattan. The skyline, you mean? Yeah, Lower Manhattan. Yeah, that's why they did they did it and they did the Formula E race in Red Hook because it's closer down to South Manhattan. That's the backdrop that you're going for. The crowd that you're going for for F1 is not anybody that wants to travel through the Bronx or Queens. No offense. You don't have but to. You can just come straight from Manhattan. Yeah. In the hood. Randall is not hood. Uh, okay, but you had to drive through the hood to get to Land Shark Stadium or whatever it was called. <laughs> Land Shark. Hard Rock. Hard Rock Stadium. <laughs> whatever the heck. The it's many called. names that yeah. it's had before. But th- my point is that you know it you is, want the backdrop is, that of is in the middle of the hood. You want right. You want exactly. the backdrop of South Beach. You didn't have it in Miami, and it was still an amazing success. But wait, wait. In Randall's, you could have a a real marina if you want. Because the park... I don't think that's the look that they're going No, no, I'm just saying you if you want to go for that look as well. I don't think... You, I don't having think, a real marina. I don't think you think of marinas when you think of New York City. What do you think? Floating bodies? <laughs> Floating <laughs> turns point in is the that, river? Look, yo, and you know what? And uh, Bums, uh, panhandling. <laughs> Rikers is right across the way, Perf- Perfect. Perfect <laughs> backdrop for New York. And the connect plant. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And the connect plant by, by Slory. That's what I'm saying, man. It's just not, you know, I mean, listen. we love New York. For the people man. that live we, on we, the... We are New Yorkers, but we know New York also. For the know. people that reside on in the Upper East Side, it's just right there to go for them. Do they go all the time? No. But if we have an F1 race, I'm pretty sure they're going to go. Yeah. I mean, listen. If they have an F1 race, they will go, obviously, but I just, it doesn't fit. I'm just being selfish. I just want to hear. Yeah, Me too. I, I just, it doesn't fit the, the F1 mold and what they're going for. And especially if it's New York City, it's definitely not the place. I think it could be done with the glamour and everything. It could be glamour. done. Yeah. All right. So moving on from that, um, next piece of news, no replacement for the Russian Grand Prix as F1 schedule stays at 22 races. So what that means for us I mean, obviously, you know, whatever, the war with Ukraine, et cetera, fine, whatever. But what that means for us is that there's going to be two free weekends between Monza on September 11th and Singapore on October 2nd. So that means... It's like another summer break? Yeah. So basically the 18th and the 25th of September, there's no races. So it's like we get back from the summer break, there's a race, then a couple couple, uh, week break. So... So this is like a, a, a it's really race in the middle break. of a summer break, basically. I get no. Actually, it's it's uh, obviously it's a summer break, Spa, Zanvor, Monza, and then a two week break, three week break, essentially. Three week break. Well, listen, it is what it is. Yeah, they could even stink another Monza in there or something. It's still twenty two races. Yeah. No, 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 it's a lot. That would be nice. If they would have put like another Monza, we're already here. We're not moving the facilities. Let's do another. I just Nothing think they got to gotta make right? money, and I don't. And I when you have when you have races, obviously they drop off the schedule like that. It's one thing if you're doing it 
with um you know if you're doing it in a facility where you don't have to get a crowd there and you don't have to make money that that could be done during a pandemic where nobody's allowed anyways yeah. all you got to do is set up the infrastructure to run a race but when you have to set up the infrastructure to not only run a race but also and not only entertain a crowd and make sure you got concessions and all of that stuff i mean they had a nightmare doing that with the crowd this weekend in barcelona um where they raised the issue so I guess they're thinking about that, where it's like that's not something that you can that can be done in such a short amount of time. So uh, it it makes sense for them. So nothing really much else of mm-hmm. note. See you later, Russia. Maybe see you in the future. Wasn't, wasn't this year there was supposed to be a new track in Russia? No, though? this year they were going to be at what? Sochi, and then and next then the year, next next year, year after, at a new track. So you know what? It may get reinstated by then. We shall see how uh, the world turns. I guess so. Moving on, car upgrades going into Spain. There's there's two major ones to talk about. Uh, first, we'll t- we'll talk about the uh, the more serious, not the more serious, but the less funny one. Uh, McLaren revealed ten freaking upgrades for the Spanish Grand Prix. They they you know kept everything close to the vest until right before uh, the practice because they they have to reveal what's new. Obviously, mm-hmm. we talked last week about Ferrari was bringing upgrades. Red Bull was bringing uh, weight saving. Um, Aston, no, not Aston. Alfa Romeo brought a lot of upgrades uh, to their floor, in which they were also saying that it's the floor is ten times more important right now during this car at an iteration than the front wing. So most of the downforce is generated. Yeah. Uh-huh. So McLaren brought forward a front wing flap, flap, revised pairing on front suspension, suspension. Wow. Front brake duct, a floor side pods. Louvers, a rear wing, rear brake duct winglet, side pod strake, and a diffuser. Basically, a whole new aero package, like involving essentially the whole freaking car. Mm-hmm. And it didn't help, right? In the same place. It didn't help Ricardo. <laughs> it didn't help Ricardo. Yeah. They're in the same place. Ricardo's in 13, 14. No, place. Not in the top 10. Lando's in like. Eighth, seventh, sixth. Well, either way, sick this weekend. Let's give him that. It's nice to see them investing in the car, not having given up on the season, trying new things. They still have a lot of potential. They're still in a pretty good position to strike at fourth in the in the uh, constructors' championship. So, you know, the season's not lost for them right now. They're they're sitting in fourth. It takes time for them to understand it and how it works and things like that so i mean you can bring upgrades and some upgrades are going to help you right away other upgrades are not so we'll see i mean they look like they changed it sounds like they changed the entire car so <laughs> they were limited to replace the engine the engine the, um, you know, the engine manufacturer <laughs> we would probably just have to like be in the paddock to actually take notice of the changes the car looked the same to me but all right no we could also phone you know ask them <laughs> Okay. The next car upgrade, the more entertaining one. Aston (laughs) Aston Martin reveals what's been called the Green Bull. So they're they're back to their tracing point ways. Tracing and they reveal the car. Yeah. They reveal the car that looks a lot less like the Mercedes and way more like the Red Bull that is on track uh, right now. 
I'm per mortar. Uh, it's it's impressive. It's impressive that they were able to copy a car so fast. I don't think it's <laughs> because they t- they had a whole off season to do it with the Mercedes. Yeah, they only had two months to do it with the with the Red Bull. I'll tell you what they did. They went to Doctor Miami. <laughs> they had so listen from motorsport and they even say it this way yeah. this required some major surgery as the radiators coolers and the pipework that feed the car had had to all be reoriented to facilitate the new aerodynamic concept so obviously they had to uh add pods mm-hmm. side pods they it's just a very different looking car than where they were before it's completely different like completely Completely. It's a whole different concept. It's completely different, but yet the same. Yeah. To the Red Bull. <laughs> Can like you blame them? I wouldn't blame them if it worked. But even Sebastian Vettel at the end of qualifying was like, we didn't even make Q2? <laughs> he, no, he's, yeah, he was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, exactly. Kidding. That's no, exactly his words. Are you kidding me? I mean, he. it was only because he, I mean, it could have been because he missed out by, I think it was a few hundreds or thousands of a second. But, I mean, they were nowhere anyway, so that's, but I don't think this is going away anyway, so. It's just too similar. In two months? And they had a, a few of the Red Bull aerodynamics, including, I think, uh, the head of aerodynamics at Rebel go over to Aston Martin last year, and the garden yeah. and the gardening leave ended a month ago. <laughs> what, can you explain that word? What does that mean? Gardening leave basically is a time uh, that the non-compete. Any, you mean? Yeah, basically a non-compete clause. So basically, when you work for a team, for example, this guy worked at Red Bull. He leaves his position at Red Bull, and he has to be off the job for a certain amount of time um, before he can start at Aston Martin. Um, depending on what the time is, the the reason for that time is that they're not able to get any, I don't know, secrets or drawings or anything they could take with them to their next employer. And obviously, um, the things that these engineers come up with are very crucial to track to you know how fast they go on the track so that's so nice cameras they gotta have some like nice pictures i mean these cameras nowadays so the 2020 2022 f1 regulations they outline items specific to this type of situation they specifically outlaw the use of photographs or images combined with software that converts them to point clouds curved surfaces or allows CAD geometry to be overlaid. Basically, Jeez. it's very hard, other than these tools, to copy the design visually, right? From pictures or from, I guess, video or whatever. The use of stereo pho- photogrammet- wow, stereo photogrammetry, 3D cameras, or any 3D stereoscopic techniques, any form of contact or non-contact surface scanning. Can't do it. Whatever that means. You can't just, well... You can't inspect or set it, basically. <laughs> but you can, though. Yeah. Any technique that projects points or curves on a surface so as to facilitate the reverse engineering process. So without any of those, it's very, very difficult. However, 
it doesn't outlaw like what Yancey just said. If you have their chief aerodynamicist or whatever, go over to your team, Dan Fallows, and brings over some ideas, that's not illegal. No. And that's kind of the leg that they have to stand on. Um, Red Bull raised the storm that, uh, you know, they potentially stole, you know, an intellectual property. property, But, Hmm. you know, that obviously that has to be investigated. Yeah, you would literally have to get all the computers and see what was downloaded, what was uploaded. And, I mean, like I said, I don't feel that this is over. Um, We'll definitely have more on this. In uh, in your F one feeling segment in two weeks, um, yes, he's in his feelings right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's two months, two months. Guy left a month ago. No, he didn't leave a month ago. He's well, non compete spire a month ago. Well, he That's started a month ago. He started yes. a month. Ago. He started a month ago at Aston Martin. He's just that good. Adrian Newey good. <laughs> maybe maybe his prodigy. Maybe. Adrian Newey has a photographic memory, I think. That's what don't think that's what they say. I don't know, man. I don't know. Obviously the But the memes were great though. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean Wellington had a, a few green Red Bulls. Right yeah, our picture in, are on uh, Twitter and Instagram feed. Yeah. Uh we also saw Christian Horner with red green Red Bull, Green Bulls. That was great. Okay. Um the entire Red Bull pit wall. <laughs> I don't know, I mean like can you Patrick's can you name. blame them though? Like they're they're being known they're no. being copying for years. Right? You want to win? I mean, yeah. copy the winning concept right now. Yeah. And if you know, if you already hired, they have to. Since they're growing their own department, so that's why they're hiring all these people. You're willing to make a couple of extra bucks and go somewhere else, right? They're building a factory. They have, a, you know. I don't know. Now listen, if it's legal, then go for exactly. But if they actually, you know. Cross a couple of shaded lines, then it's just gonna pay for it. Dude, it just looks so much alike. It's insane. Just look at the pictures. Tracing point. All right, yeah. so hit the drop, Ruben. Let's With get the into the race weekend. Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. Twenty years ago, Nicky Lara said He said something. Oh shoot. He said something, Jens. Put a monkey in the car. No, I'm kidding. Um all right, so we got five words out of him. Maybe next time we'll get like six or seven. <sighs> two more. Two, three more. Two, yeah, you know, it's a slow process. Slow exactly. burn. All right, so the Circuit de Catalunya. Ooh. All right, Barcelona Grand Prix. Can you repeat that again? I like the way you said that. Yeah. No. Um, it's a circuit or circuito? Yeah, you're right. Um, circuito de Barcelona. It's a track all these drivers are familiar with. It's a track all the teams are familiar with. It's a, a testing track, so it is... It is a track kind of that reveals what cars are good and what cars are bad, right? Kind of really shakes everything out because it's where you yeah, practice. has a little bit of everything. Correct. It's the reason why they practice there. Practice. And that's, um, why, and that's why a lot of the teams bring their upgrades. Except for Haas. They're saving them. They don't have money. <laughs> they don't have money right now. Um, qualifying. Nobody could touch Charles Leclerc, right? Even having messed up his first lap in Q3, I, mean, I feel like we it's something that uh, was bound to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, you called it the earlier this season. You feel that, I mean, Leclerc... I said 16 pole positions is yeah. what I thought. 
that's a lot. But I mean, it's the way he's driving, especially in qualifying. And I mean, he has the the history, the numbers behind him. I think he has what thirteen pole positions so far in his career. Mm-hmm. One less than I mean, Max only has like I think it's he has one more than Max, something like that. Or, or I forgot the stat. But I mean, either way, it's crazy. He's he's a really good qualifier. And he's shown it um, this entire season. He's shown it throughout his career at Ferrari. If you give him a good car, give him one lap, he's going to put it on pole. Um, even even though I was, I was like, when he messed up that last, that, and the last, and that last, and that chicane, that damn chicane, um, I didn't think that he was going to be able to recover and put it on pole, but he did, man. And credits to him. Highlight of the weekend for me. So in the six races, oh, it ended there the weekend for you. Mm? It ended there the weekend for you. I didn't say it ended. It was oh, okay. The okay. Highlight of my gotcha. weekend. He's got four poles in six races. That's insane. That's insane. Since we lost Russia, yes. Instead of sixteen, fifteen. Uh, Twenty-two races. Wow. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what's more impressive. What's that? Max Verstappen fin- uh, winning every race he's finished. That's impressive. We'll get to that. So Max was uh, salty. Made the uh, front row. <laughs> he was in second place in qualifying. Carlos Sainz in third. George Russell in fourth. We'll definitely talk about that in a few. And Sergio Perez in fifth, rounding out the top five qualifiers. Somewhat expected, other than the George Russell thing. Uh, but Mercedes has been showing pace. So. The race, the race itself, right? Podium, Max, Sergio, and George. The big story to talk about here, not big story, but <clears throat> Ferrari, in, in particular, Charlotte Claire, got out to a just dominating lead, commanded the whole race, and unfortunately, to Yancey's chagrin, had to retire the car uh, due to a MGUH feature or uh, uh, issue, MGUH. Yeah. Yep, he lost power on lap 27 while leading the race. He was already leading the race by a good 18 seconds. Or yep, so. he was ahead by one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, how do you feel? Get in your feelings now. What the? Beep 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 beep. Yeah. Like, come on, man. This is the the. You have your top driver driving at a top level. Look at you conspiring against me. At a top level and your engine just goes. Mm -hmm. When, When this is a weekend that they needed the win because Max is already on a roll and we know we've seen what Max does when he gets on a roll. He just... I thought it was a terrible. Huh? I thought it was a turbo. That didn't help. Yes, don't worry about it. Part of the damn engine. <laughs> Their turbo and the MGUH were left beyond damage. Or, I'm sorry, were left damaged beyond repair. Yeah. And he's he's dominating the race. He dominated qualifying. He's dominating the race. They clearly had the pace to take a 1-2 this weekend. Considering everything that has happened, considering that Carlos Sainz hasn't been pulling his weight this season, this is an opportunity loss for Ferrari. I've been here before. 
This this is up there with Singapore 2017 and no. Germany 2018. What? No. What? Where it's just like you see it all go awry and it just doesn't get any better. I'm traumatized. I'm sorry I'm traumatized. There, traumatized. No, there's way too much season left. I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. But now what happens is that you get off to a great lead in the championship in the first five races. You had a 50-point lead and a 30-point lead, I think it was, or something to those lines in the constructors and the... It's not my fault, Yance. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's everybody's fault. <laughs> no, but why are you looking at me like you're about to kill me, man? It's not my fault. I'll look at Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> you had these exorbitant leads coming into this race. And all of a sudden, you see this lead dwindling down, dwindling down. You DNF a car. Carlos Sainz goes off. And all of a sudden, Red Bull is leading the Drivers' Championship and the Constructors' Championship. And guess what? Who's coming right behind you? Mercedes. (laughs) Opportunity lost. You just gave up. Everything that you've gained in the first part of the season. Now you got to fight back. And it's harder to fight back, especially now that all of these upgrades are coming. I'm just hoping that they can develop as well as Red Bull and Mercedes have. Honestly, it's just Ferrari being Ferrari. Congratulations. You played yourself. That's literally the story of the, the, the seasons that you just described. Exactly. That's what it is. And exactly. The years that you suffer through terrible strategy, that's what it is. And then on top, so what, what What happened first was Carlos Sainz going off going off track due to the essentially a strong tailwind uh, affecting his uh, downforce going into. I think it was be the, his, his sorrow started before that. You know, his bad timing started before that. Just the start itself. He yeah. stalled it. Yeah. According to what I said on the on the, he on the broadcast. He dropped back. He 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 dropped back. Um, you you qualified first and, and third. Third. Okay? You have the advantage up front to defend your positions. Leclerc gets a great start. He did what he had to do. Signs drops back. Congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> You and I got a <laughs> Dude, what are you doing? And then and then the spin. And fine, gust the wind. You give him excuses. Give him all the excuses. Look, same thing happened with Max. <sighs> Whatever. Max won. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so now that they say that in the driver's interview that there was like the tailwind that was there was heavy. That he actually not didn't speak. Spin out, but he felt it very hard there. Red Bull won two, Ferrari fourth place, and a DNF. Mm-hmm. Okay. They lose the lead in the constructors. Mm-hmm. They lose the lead in the in the drivers' championship. The constructors hurts, man, because now you're down by twenty six points. How can you swing. be positive about this as a fan, as a team, as a driver? You must always be positive. They do have a good car, uh, you know, below them or whatever you want to tell to say it. But it's just frustrating because I've seen this before. And so is Monaco. 
Yes. Is Monaco and Baku were No, if he gets caught in Monaco and this time manages to stay on the track. It's a street track Bro, where Charles Leclerc tends to crash listen. out. He crashed. Uh, oh, for Harry last <laughs> week in Monaco. <sighs> so, we'll see. You have now, yeah, Monaco is coming up. But then you have Azerbaijan, which is a power, power track, Baku. Then Canada, which is another speed track. And guess who's getting better? Guess who's coming up now? That's the Imperial March. Mercedes Mercedes is gaining their footing. This is what I'm talking about. The porpoising is gone. This This weekend was almost completely gone, yes. These two tracks, Spain and Monaco, are supposed to be the tracks where it fits the Ferrari better, where you're supposed to win. Yes. It's like we talk about during a an NFL season, an NBA season, or a, or an MLB season, Major League Baseball, where you take these teams that are aren't that good and you're just supposed to drum them so you can build up the record, you can build up the lead in the standings. This is exactly what Ferrari had to do in these two races. These are the tracks that suit them the best. And they just messed up the first part, and we'll see what happens in Monaco. I'm, no! <laughs> Jesus! So, <laughs> oh, so Mercedes racked Sorry, 25 constructors' points between George Russell's podium and Lewis Hamilton's fifth place, which we'll talk about, compared to Carlos Sainz's 12th. So, you know what? I mean, I, I got to extend that out. So, it's Baku, it's Canada, followed by... Silverstone, followed by Austria, followed by France. Dude, it is... This is so insane, It's looking not, not that great. If your teammate is out in front, you have the same car. You started two places in back of him. Why are you not on the podium at the end of the race? I'm I'm done. I'm done. That's it. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Till next week. Ah, so we'll, we'll bring you back in. Yeah, we'll get back to you when you. The tears. I know. So, Mercedes. Mercedes. Yeah, we um. So we saw glimpses of it last week in Miami. We were really thinking after the practices. Holy crap! These guys got pace. It didn't play out during the race, as. It didn't play out as much as we were hoping for it during the race. Yeah. This week, however, we saw, we saw, granted there were some DRS issues for Max Verstappen, we saw George Russell fighting for the lead of the race. Clean to, to maintain the lead of the race. Mm-hmm. We saw him fighting for second place. He ended up in third. We saw Lewis Hamilton, who... Basically, was giving up at the beginning of the race after he had contact with Dr. Suck My Balls, mate. (laughs) Had to pit right at the start of the race. Thought he was out of it. He was obviously trailing everybody. Ends up in fifth. And what happens if he 
didn't get that puncture. He was the fastest guy on the track. He didn't get the fastest lap, but he was on he pace. Was no, he got pace? a couple of fastest laps. No, yeah, but I said towards the end. He was the fastest guy on the track. And I think they, they he was not fourth because of the cooling issues that they had all weekend. Cooling issues? And he did a whole lap with a puncture. Yeah. Where would he have been? Because towards the end of the race, they told him to, I guess, pretty much both cars to slow down. Yeah, so Lewis Hamilton, when it, when Carlos Sainz passed him, to me, it looked like he just pulled off to the side and was like, all right, I'm going to give up the place. Um, Do we see this continuing? Was the Sainz a pass? Yes. Yeah, he passed him for fourth. Three was both us. Sainz passed him for fourth, like right at the okay. end. Sorry. He passed both yeah, us. Yeah, uh, Sainz got the fourth place right at the end. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome back, Yancy. Uh, all right, Mercedes. Um, they're champions, man. Eight-time champions. You got a seven-time world champion, and you have probably one of the most talented young drivers as a teammate to that seven-time world champion. George Russell has not finished a race under fifth place this entire season. Jeez. And considering how bad that car has been, this entire season, look at how many points they've gotten. Yeah, looking at some of the some of the videos from the weekend, their bouncing was pretty similar to the other cars. Yep. Because remember, before there was the outrageous one, they were bouncing all over the mm-hmm. this weekend. Their bouncing was. The issue was with the Mercedes is that, as you have with the Ferrari, the Ferrari bounces on the straight, but once it gets into the corner, it connects, mm-hmm. and you're going through the corner pretty quickly. The Mercedes was bouncing through the corners. So it's literally undrivable, especially when you're turning. It's one thing to expect it when you're when you're driving in a straight line. Another thing is when you when 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 you're turning. When it's so steady, it's yeah. it's just it's mind boggling how they could even get that car around and get such good results with a car like that. Second, we have seen Mercedes start off a season where they don't understand the car too well mm-hmm. and come back. They did it last year as well. Mm-hmm. And come back and have probably the fastest car on the track. This season, they got it really wrong. But it only lasted five races. It seems now that they got on top of it. And now, their development going forward is just to make that car faster. And that car right now is not that much slower than the Ferraris or the, or the Red Bull. And with a team like that, you can bet... <laughs> that the evil empire is coming, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so bet on it, bro. Bet on it. So, that team is way too good to stay. It starts to be, they're coming, <laughs> dude. What about like? Do you think that they could have, if not for that puncture, if not for the cooling issues? Do you think that they could have beaten the Red Bulls this week? I think that's a bridge too far. Maybe they could have gotten close. Um, it would have been close. It would have been close. We saw George Russell fighting him. Something. Yeah. But Max uh, had no DRS. Max had no DRS. This is a, tr- a really tough track to, to overtake. Um, the uh, the fact that, that um, Max was able to follow him so well is a testament to how good the cars can follow. Um, due to the new rules, but I, 
but again, these car if, if you get clear air in these cars, you're taking off. Um, if Max had DRS working, I think he would have overtook him easily. Uh, but considering the circumstances, George Russell did a great job. Um, I, I listen. They're still behind. They're not. They're not as fast as the Red Bulls or the Ferraris, but they're coming. Um, and if you get Lewis Hamilton driving the way he used to drive, and now that he has a good car under him, you can see like, all right, this is. You can see that confidence getting back for him to go all the way last and come up in fifth. And the only reason he was able to get overtaken, I think, by signs was because his tires were already, you know, spent. Um, I think it was the cooling issues. Uh, well, I think the cooling issues was really more on Russell on Russell's car, but Mercedes usually struggle with the cooling issues. Yeah. That's a norm for them. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Plus, they don't have the side pods too. I mean, there you go, and that, a lot of the cooling comes through that. But um, they're coming, man. They're coming. They're 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 you know they're coming. And you know, Total Wolf is super competitive. He's gonna keep pushing. You know, the the only thing that I have bad to say, and it's really uncharacteristic, and I think it goes to show how frustrated Lewis Hamilton has been so far this season with the car. Um, considering how that car had been up to that point, um, he you know he was just down on himself. He said, "Listen, I think we should just retire the car." I think he needed this weekend. But I think as the race went on, and he knew that he can overtake. Yes. The car is working well. You know, at the end of the race, you can see like he's lively. He's up. Like he knows that he can fight, and when he can fight, we know Lewis Hamilton is the best in the world. The track record shows it. That's so, what I think. That's why. That's why I say he needed this race because, I was at the beginning he wanted to retire the car, mm -hmm. but it's because oh my god, we're gonna have another. Week. Now we got a puncher. I'm not gonna deal with this bouncing all day. We ain't going nowhere. But once he got, I guess you know, on the car and he saw the car was drivable that you could take this, you know, you could you know, all these maneuvers. Yep, and look at where he ended up. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I mean, it's, it's, it's he was the driver of the day too. He should have. He should no, he was. Driver. Yeah, I mean, he well-deserved. Uh, this is shaping up to be a really good season so far. I'm just frustrated that it's not my team that's leading. But. So, listen. It's going to be good. Max Verstappen, 110. Charles Leclerc, 104. Sergio Perez, 85. George Russell, 74. 30 points down from Leclerc. Lewis Hamilton, 46. A lot further away. But then if you look at the Constructors' Championships, Red Bull 195, Ferrari 169, what a huge swing mm -hmm. this weekend. Mercedes 120. Huge swing the past two race weekends for Red Bull. <sighs> Completely blew it. Yeah. You know what's going to be interesting is a car that porpoises is just even – minimally is not good in monaco you're gonna hit walls you're gonna you're gonna mess yourself up because that is a you know football is a game of inches that's a, a race of millimeters right mm -hmm. so we'll see how that goes for well, mercedes next week here's the thing and, and, and i don't think this is why i don't think there's going to be much of an issue with the purposing in monaco because the average speed in monaco it's not that fast mm. purposing really comes into play on a straight, usually at the end of a straight, when you're going the fastest. The faster you go, the more you purpose. That's a good point. 
So I don't, we don't, you don't have a long straight really in, in Monaco. The, even if you're on the, if you're on a straight in Monaco, you're not really going that fast. So if they're good through the corners, I think they'll be fine. I, again, Monaco is going to be one of those races where, where you qualify is usually where you finish. And that's going to be the most important day. So, uh, but yeah, but I don't think that the Mercedes are going to have much of an issue with the purposing, especially if they fixed it. So, Meaning if this, the car that came to Spain with, if that car goes to Monaco, they'll be doing phenomenal. I this think they'll fine. do well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how high they'll be. They still have to develop the car, but they got, now that they have, the issue, Ted mentioned this in, in Ted's notebook, it was the floor. Redhead Ted. Huh? Redhead Ted. There you go, Redhead Ted. <laughs> um, it was the floor. The issue with the floor is that it moved too much, had too much flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but they wouldn't be able to notice that in the wind tunnel. So they went Especially with, with it. Yeah, limited timing. What he was saying was that the numbers were good, like the calculations were good. It was like, oh, we got a ton of downforce. They went down that route. And then what happens is that, obviously, in the wind tunnel, you can't really... You don't get purposing in a wind tunnel. So they put on the floor. The floor was not stiff enough. So what happens is that you get the purposing. The floor is flexing. And the car is bouncing. It's just like, it's impossible. So they changed the floor. So now that they have that, now you can develop around that. And I just feel that they're going to get faster. It's too good of a team not to get faster. This is going to be like such a good season. Yeah. So moving on, Red Bull team orders. We saw at one point that it was a very high possibility of Sergio Perez winning the race just based on Max Verstappen not being able to pass George Russell and being held up uh, and then having to pit because of degrading his tires during that battle. The pit allowed Sergio Perez to get ahead and then we had previously heard that he was on a one-stop strategy. They then brought him in um, and essentially... Mm-hmm. gave Max the win. <clears throat> and, you know, during that time, there there was also team orders even before then to allow Max to even fight George Russell, whereas Sergio Perez was the closer car. Granted, Max was on fresher tires. Yeah. What do you guys think? Too early in the season for uh, team orders? Mm. Go ahead, Rob. I think both situations just help Max, you know, to justify what they're doing. You know, obviously, hey, let's let Max through so he could has fresher tires. So that's a that's a, a you know relatively good you know explanation for it. The second time, Paris they have to come in. I, I think the the degradation of the tires was heavy this week because you know we have multiple teams and multiple stops and. For being a Barcelona track, there was a lot of action to it too as well. Yeah, there was a lot of overtime. Yeah, this wasn't a bad race at all. Exactly, you know, comparable to, yeah, to other Barcelona. To, uh, the front was boring. Yeah, but compared to other Spanish Grand Prix, this was actually a pretty decent one, considering everything that happened. You know, the retirements and the wind, you know, blowing cars off. The wind, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, as far as, listen. Red Bull can justify it all they want. I think that considering the issues that Max had with the DRS, the fact that he was held back 
a lot by George Russell for a few laps. Um, I think Perez was on for the win. Um, however, as the race materialized, Red Bull saw a chance to not only win the race and get a 1-2, but if you get a 1-2, you take the lead in the constructors. And if Max wins the race, instead of getting second place, he doesn't tie in the drivers. He takes the lead in the drivers' championship. Right. And at the end of the day, as much as we would love to see Sergio Perez win more, the quicker driver is and will always be Max Verstappen. You think so, always? Hmm? You think always? Well, as far as within Red Bull, between between uh, Sergio Perez and Max? Yeah. Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> is that even a question? Okay. Well, he asked it. Hmm? It was a question. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking at the lap times as shown on racefans.net. Uh, they always do an awesome analysis of all the lap times, position changes, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, Max was very much the faster driver, except for when he was held back by George Russell. Mm -hmm. So, like, the data bears it out, what yeah. you're saying. Uh, however... I think that, like, just the whole team orders thing this early in the season, it's like Red Bull's just scared, right? Like, they, they threw so much at the car in, uh, when, when did they upgrade Miami or mm -hmm. Imola? They threw so much, so many upgrades into the car, and there's already questions of whether or not they'll be able to maintain the budget because they've spent so much money on upgrading. It just, to me, it just seems like they're, obviously you want to win, right? But you have—I feel like you have to believe in your team, in your car, and in your driver to come out ahead without all of this nonsense. I got you, hmm. but that's not the way it goes, unfortunately. Um, and they have a right to be a little scared. I mean, I think "scared" is too tough a word. They—they they, they have. They have a right to be cautious because you have a team in Ferrari which clearly has a fast car. And you also have Mercedes coming at you. And you also have a unreliable car still. There you go. So you need to rack up all the points that you can. And honestly, one thing, is, one thing is having engine trouble. Which, by the way, what are the, uh, I think Pierre Gasly's engine went, uh, it was in qualifying? Yeah, he had the smoky. Yeah. Yeah. But if you cannot get your DRS working, which is a fundamental thing in the car, that, I mean, that's something that has to be fixed. It's especially if you're fighting with a champ as a championship. I think the issue with the DRS was that they are trying to save so much weight that the DRS component that flips it open just it's too flimsy. It was too flimsy, so wow. I couldn't lift the flap. You see it? It tried I, to I open. Stayed it. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, and, yeah, I, and I pointed this out to you when we were watching the race. Mm -hmm. Was the the flap opened and closed back up, and then just closed back up once any wind started going through it. So it was just like they 
the the DRS components weren't heavy enough to stay open because I was trying to save weight on it. So it would be too flimsy, so the wind would just knock it back down. Speaking of the race, shout out to Broken Bro- Broken Boat Brewery. Yes. For hosting us. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a good time. That was a good time. So if there. anybody's in the Westchester area, you can check them out. Broken Boat Brewery. Uh, on Are we going back? Next week? I mean, I missed it. Nothing go. Yeah, so me and Yancy are going. <laughs> me and Yancy are likely going. You, you, I don't know what you want to do. We? I don't know why he did this. He chose to go to his first son's college graduation rather than watch the race. Crazy. I, know, bro. I mean, like. Ridiculous to me. Why is it that you're, why, why you got to be a good dad for? <laughs> he's laughing because he's not. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Why I gotta be a good dad? Speaking of stuff that's not good, <laughs> so we talked earlier about this, but McLaren bought, brought ten upgrades, a new car, almost basically a whole new aero package, and their results were an eighth place with Lando Norris and a twelfth place with Daniel Ricciardo. Lando Norris, as we found out after the race and like during we were hearing stuff that he wasn't feeling good, but he had tonsillitis. So yes. you mean to tell me that with an upgraded McLaren, tonsillitis Lando Norris is better than Daniel Ricciardo? What is going on? Um, poor Danny. Poor Danny. First of all, shout out to Hector. Yeah, who called this out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm gonna Snoopy. have to. I'm gonna. <laughs> two things that that Hector has constantly pointed out the times that he's been on here is that it's over for Ricardo and it's over for Hamilton. Um, I'm not conceding Hamilton. Obviously we saw how he's been driving. He's been driving pretty good this season and just had a bit of bad luck. And obviously he drove lights out this weekend. Um, but I think I'm going to concede the point on Danny Rick. Um, Danny Rick has been slower than Lando ever since he arrived at that team. And um, Danny Rick arrived with an air about him, a confidence within him that I think set Lando off um, and said, all right, you come in here and be a teammate, but you ain't going to beat me. And you can tell from the first interview that they did when they did the first car launch last year, car launch last year, that Lando ain't having it. And, and kudos to Lando for stepping up his game and uh, driving the way he's been driving. He is a consistent contender to landing a top five spot in every race. And he is consistently in the points, which is not something that you can say about Daniel Ricciardo in his tenure at McLaren and especially this year. Um, it sucks because we like him. We like his personality. We loved Red Bull Ricardo when he was able to make overtakes out of nowhere. Um, he did some of that at Renault, but wasn't really able to do much of that because the car wasn't that good. But maybe it just wasn't the car. Maybe it was that he's just losing it which really sucks and i hope because we like him or that he'll get back to that spirit because it's fun to see him drive when he's driving like that but he's just not driving like that now man 
and uh, I just don't know what 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 happened to him. I don't know. It's, it sucks that he's uh, going through this. I hope he shakes it off, comes back. Let's see what happens after Monaco. You know, I'm hoping he gets a boost of energy. But right now, whatever he's doing is not working. You know what gives you a boost of energy? Red Bull. <laughs> a green one. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I don't know. This is a guy that the honey badger is gone. He's the one that's getting passed. He's the one that's uh, that's making mistakes. I, I I don't know. We'll see. He's really not living up to that contract. Not at all, man. Not at all. He's just like the Rick- Daniel Ricardo we saw at Red Bull is a really different Daniel Ricardo that we've seen no, at Renault. I feel like he did pretty well at Renault as well. To be able to get that car on a podium. Granted, they, obviously, there was a lot of circumstances around it, but he got it there. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just, it's been like a... Come on, let's give him the, the excuse that we... It's a lot like Vettel. Like, it's like a slow decline. Okay. With Ricardo, you know, let's, let's give him some... Like, you, you, you have your flashes of brilliance, but then you have most of the time, it's just like, blah. And maybe, you know, it's just... Obviously, like, motivation is key, especially when you're driving at 200 miles an hour around a track. Um, we've seen that if you're not motivated enough, you don't get the results that you should be having. Um, we've seen that with a lot of drivers. Um, but at the end of the day, you still got a job to do. And the first person you got to beat is your teammate. And Ricardo's not doing it. And he's not even close. Not even close. It's not. It's not like he's like... It's not like right now you see the battle between, um, between Russell and, and Hamilton... They're not way off each other. It's a few tenths. Um, they're not. But okay. Ricardo and, and 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 Lando, Lando's just like, forget about it. He's way ahead of him. What a great move. Going to George Russell instead of Bottas again. Um, but look, Lando hasn't even been great this year. So that speaks volumes of mm-hmm. Daniel Ricardo. Anything else to mention about this race? I felt um, over the weekend Mick was doing pretty well. Uh, Qualified top 10. Yeah, he did well with the qualifying. He's starting to come. He just needs better race pace. I think that the the Haas itself was not great. I, I here's, here's one thing about uh, he's, he's, uh, Haas didn't bring any upgrades. Yeah. It's still a quick car. Yeah. Uh, one thing, I saw an interview with Gene Haas during the race weekend where, and and I think that both drivers and Gunther Steiner mentioned was before they have a different attitude on upgrades now, before they were just throwing upgrades, see what works. Mm -hmm. And we saw that that didn't really work out for them. The car got progressively worse. They want to understand the car. They want to know what makes it quick before they add any upgrades to it. So they're being cautious with it. The, the car is pretty quick. It can contend for points. If they bring an upgrade, they want to make sure that it works. I see them getting better uh, during the season, and I hope that they do. Um, and I want to see make Schumacher score points. The other team that I want to mention is Alfa Romeo. Botas is driving lights out. The car is pretty yeah, quick. Yeah. Um, consistently in the points. Guan Yuzhou had that engine problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another Ferrari engine Another problem. Ferrari engine. I wonder if it was Did they a, take an upgrade? Did he take an upgrade for the engine? 
I don't think so. Dude, you know what? I forgot to mention this. Leclerc, so that was race two of the, his second engine. So what that means is that he is in line now at the end of the year to take now grid penalties. You're talking about Leclerc? Leclerc, yeah. Oof, that sucks. Because he just used another turbo and an MGUH that are so badly damaged that they have to replace it. Either they go back to the old one, whatever yeah, they I do, mean, it's, it's still going to be a problem. If you heard it, if you heard the, uh, I didn't, we didn't watch it, I didn't hear it during the race, but I did hear it on a replay. The engine just conked out. It was like, it was like, it felt like, like gears were soup, like grinding like crazy, so. Seemed like it was a pretty bad like failure. Um, that sucks. I mean, obviously they're allowed to go backward. Well, they can go backwards, but they're allowed to change component. The the engines are frozen; they're homologated, but they can go back and change certain things for reliability purposes. So, I mean, we'll see. They still, them, you know, at the end of the season, it's it. It's the same thing that we were going through last season with, with Mercedes and Red Bull where they were changing engines. They're going to have to strategically bring new engines into the pool as they go on. So what you were saying right now, the, the, I guess the, they could bring something when it has to do with reliability? Yes. What do you, um, what does that mean as far as like, you could bring it, but you're still going to take you're penalties because you're going to get... No, you're going to take the penalties. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. But you, you can't can, add power yeah, or whatever. You can't add power or anything. You just got to change it. It's not to... See, most of the time when we think of engine upgrades, we're thinking something that's going to give it a little bit more horsepower. A boost, yeah. Or, you know, or a boost or whatever. Um, if you change it for the purposes that it has to be reliable over a certain amount of races, you can change it. Because obviously, um, it doesn't help the show if an engine is constantly conking out on mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're allowed to make those changes. So the the base engine Mind has you, to say the same. These and yeah, these engines have to say the same till 2025. So the engine stays the same. Well okay. The engine stays the same, but you can tune the engine under the guise of reliability, exactly. which is what Mercedes did to just kind of maximize mm -hmm. their power la at the end of last year. Yeah. I mean, there's always ways around it. Ways around it. Is that like similar to what was done before with the on the qualifying and race pace and stuff like that? Was what you saying? Yeah, exactly. Next so it's the same. It's the same park for May engine, but you're you're going. What Mercedes essentially did was go into the party mode. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for. You yeah. can't really change it much. They, mm -hmm. It was a little because that's not funky. obviously the way we go now. That's that's frozen. You can't. That's do. frozen. But you can still start the weekend with a party mode. But you have to stay all but weekend you have to with stay that mode. All weekend yeah. with yeah. it. So yes. you're killing your engine. Yeah, yeah. Destroying and that's what happened pretty much towards the end of last year. Gotcha. Yeah. Now we know where mm -hmm. the extra power came from. Whatever. Right. So with that said, we're good on uh, Spanish Grand Prix. Uh, no, I feel horrible about it, but it's fine. We could keep oh, you want to forget about it, yeah. Well, you know, also, Alpine, dude. Man, I don't, yeah. know what it, I don't know what it would take for them to just kind of really start threatening for podiums. But they they, they really brought a good car this weekend. Mm -hmm. They brought a good car. They have two drivers that are driving really good. Yeah. Oh, um, Omar Zafnar, congratulations, man. You're yeah. really delivering a quality product again. Yes, sir. Yes, and they, the changing of uh, of Alonso's engine, 
that was also very done strategically because they were already 17. You know, okay, we might as well just start 20th, <laughs> take a new, put a new engine to the pool and keep going. And it just reminds me of the GP2 engines and taking, what is it, 500 place penalties or whatever? <laughs> no, <that's not> <laughs> I think it's, uh, you know, let the team, Omar Safnauer uh, came in with the attitude where I will look and see how the team runs first, see what the strengths are. If we have to change anything, we change it. Um, I think under his leadership, I think that team will thrive. You have two pretty good drivers there, and Ocon. Ocon is driving lights out. Lights out lights this out. season. Deserves that. So is so is Alonso. The only thing is that Alonso doesn't have the points to show for it. A lot of bad luck. He got points this weekend. Yeah, yeah, but, but less than Ocon. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I feel like we say this about this team always. They seem like a team on the rise. They just need to get over the hump. I'm just hoping that they can start doing that. Finally. They've been doing that since like 2018 with Hulk and. Signs. Yep. Yeah. That's how long it's been. Yep. So, Monaco. No trivia today. However, we can talk a bit of history, right? So, Monaco's been around since 1929. Mm-hmm. Held 78 times. So, a couple of years ago, we had the 75th anniversary of Monaco Grand Prix. Right? The only time it wasn't held? I don't remember. Uh, coronavirus. 2020. Oh, yeah. Uh, most wins. Do you guys know who it is? The king. Ayrton Senna. Of course. The king of Monaco. Of course. We see the prince out there, but Ayrton is the king. Uh, most wins for a constructor. Most wins for a constructor? I would say it has to be McLaren. You're good, man. 15 wins for McLaren. Uh, the king. Of, I mean, Monaco, I mean, Ayrton Senna got all those wins with McLaren. Second most. Second most? I would say Ferrari. Yeah, you're right on it. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the most storied race on the F1 calendar, the crown jewel, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it's going to be packed to the gills this week and a lot of uh, boats in the real marina. Ruben, do you have anything <laughs> to add? A real marina. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. It's a, I think it's the only Grand Prix that doesn't doesn't require the three hundred and five kilometer distance. Yep, at this point, yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, slowest average speed. Yes. Also. So. Very much an outlier track. A what? Outlier, meaning that it's one of those track where it's like very unique. It's not similar to anything. No. <laughs> you know. I don't know. I love it. I hope it never leaves the calendar. I hope that they adjust the cars a little bit. I, in general, I want the cars to shrink. But that, you know, I feel like that would just make better racing. Overall, yeah. Overall. Yeah. And it would, obviously, it would help in Monaco. It would help in Singapore. It would help in Hungary. Um, It'll help on especially street tracks. It'll yes. help the racing. Monaco, for me, has a special place in my heart. Obviously. For me, too. Oh, yeah, we know. <laughs> You guys went, and I was uh, the reason why you guys took that trip is the reason why I got into F one. It's the first F one race I've ever seen. Nice. Um, yeah, and the fact that I mean, it's just the setting is cool, man. Jeez. You know, and just to see those cars, those those big cars driving that fast in such a small space, um, the marina, the boats, the yachts, the people. Uh, 
I think that the 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 population of Monaco grows three times its usual population during that weekend. Um, it's a special place. It, you know, the racing is not that great. Qualifying is special. To see a car go that quick in one lap is hella dope. Um, I it's gonna be a fun weekend. I can't wait. Even though I know the racing is not gonna be great. But it's still like I think Monaco is an experience where you take it in for three days, watch those cars go around the track. Um, it's cool, man. The history behind it is amazing. It, that it's quintessential what F one should be, not on Randall's Island. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it like uh, the most things like the besides the I was watching the race that you saw when we went that week into Monaco. What was the most what? Like the most thing that impacted you. I mean, that was actually my first time seeing F1 in in person live, right? I think that we came out of, I forget if it was free practice three. We came out of the tunnel. We got there Friday. Saturday we went to the, we went and walked the, the track, quote unquote, on Friday. Saturday was our first session. Saturday morning. To see the cars and coming out of a tunnel right up against the track where we were going to be situated, it wasn't even seeing the car. It was like feeling it coming up the hill, screaming up a especially uh, the F two race. I think yeah, screaming up a, a what was it? Beaumont, what's it called? Beaumont that hill going up there for after that first turn. But I don't know. If, I don't know. It was um, that to me, I felt like it was just life changing. Like holy shit! Like how how is this even possible? Um. Yeah, but it was, it was that, and then it was the people because I feel like the F one fan is different from every other fan, right? Because we can have banter with everybody. Whereas if you go to a baseball game, basketball game, football game here in the states, people are like fighting. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> like they're throwing <laughs> sodas at each other, beers at each other. You'll yeah, get that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Right. F one. It's it's like yo, you're there primarily for fun. You're there Enjoyment. primarily to enjoy the experience mm-hmm. and the spectacle. And I'm sure Yancey, you could chime in for for Canada what you saw up there. It's more like oh, it's more yeah. like it's, it's more like it's just a big party. It's a big community, man. Yeah. You know, you you have obviously you have fans of different teams, and obviously we're all fans of different teams, and we we talk here and we rib at each other, but at the end of the day, this is fun, and that's what I love about F1, and just going to a race itself, um, I I didn't notice this. I think Wellington noticed this when uh, we were right by the center turns. We were not at the grandstands. We were right on the on the floor level. And I saw the first car that I saw just whiz by me was a Renault in the black and yellow livery. And I just saw it and I felt this. I was I was I was in awe. And I'm like, oh my God, this is an F1 car. You got goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. And um and Wellington pointed out, like, dude, you should see your face right now. <laughs> <laughs> you told me that was? Yeah. Because I was because like I don't I'm like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, you know? Um, the same thing happened to me when I went to my to the first Formula E race in Brooklyn. But like F one was just, I was just like, wow. Um, and as I was explaining to Hector before, you gotta be there to just to feel it. And if you're a fan, if you see this, 
that if you see it live, it's just a totally different experience. Doesn't matter if you can't see the entire track. Yeah. It's just those cars are special, man. It's like watching a jet fly. It's insane. Uh, yeah. And then uh, and you guys uh, you saw it for the first time in Monaco. Yeah. That must have been really special for you guys. And that's why Ruben doesn't stop talking about it. Yeah. No, no. Even, honestly, even just going there and the first things you see, like, for example, when we got there, we got there Friday. Mm-hmm. And we met, you know, we made it, we went to Monaco on Friday and we started walking around. But to me, the best thing that I saw was coming out of the train station. You know, yeah. you see the big Pirelli sign on the first turn. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're like, bro, I'm here. Yeah, like, wow, that's crazy. So yeah, so yeah. I could, I could. If, you, like, if I go through it, I'm gonna probably never, never stop talking yeah. about it. You see, you see it on TV, and the fact that you can be there is exactly. insane, man. So anyway, predictions. Hmm. I think that Charles Leclerc walks away with this easily. Yes. Both the pole qualifying and the race itself. I think Max Verstappen is second, both in qualifying and the race itself. And then, if Carlos Sainz could figure it out. We'll have him third. It'll be a Ferrari 1-3, in my opinion. Second place, Max. And then I I can't even call it for fourth and beyond because I don't know where... Uh, Russell, Hamilton, and Perez. Well, where Perez is going to be after team orders. I don't know <laughs> where this new, confident Mercedes car really is. We don't still don't really know its strengths and weaknesses because we haven't been able to pay attention. And we don't know how George Russell... And Lewis Hamilton will fare here. Charles, Max. I'm going to say third, George Russell. I don't think that car is quick as a two, uh, as a, as a Mercedes and a Red Bull. But um, I think it's quick enough. I think uh, George Russell, considering how good he, the confidence he has coming into the weekend and how good he is in qualifying, uh, we might we might Mr. see a surprise. Saturday. You're yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> we might see a surprise, man. George Russell's really good. Um, and Oof. Uh, dude, how fun was it watching the future, Max and and George? Imagine if and you see Leclerc. And Leclerc. I mean, and then Lo- Norris if he gets his game up. Listen, I one uh, one one moment that I'm never gonna forget was seeing uh, in Sakir, seeing George Russell when he had to replace Lewis mm-hmm. when Lewis got COVID. Coco. That weekend, the way George Russell drove to me was one of the most impressive drives, and I think he should have won that race. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, and I've. And uh, and and he's really good. It's it's like the same feeling when you see like a Max driving. Even though I didn't, uh, I didn't get to appreciate Max as much because Max was already in F one before I became a fan. I didn't really understand F one that well. But to see Leclerc when he got finally got a, a, a granted it was a cheating engine. I know you guys are gonna point that out. <laughs> but when he gets a <laughs> good car uh, below him, well, how he can drive and and. and um, in Bahrain, when when he was about to go for his first one and his engine went out again, that same feeling that I saw when I saw Leclerc, I see with George Russell, and the future is bright for Formula One. So yeah, man, I, I'm I'm going with those three for top and qualifying, and if that happens, I, I listen. 
the that's the same race result because it's Monaco and you can't overtake. I'm gonna go with with well, Wellington one. It's gonna be, it's gonna be Leclerc, Max, and uh, and Sainz for Paul. I don't think Leclerc gets over the little jitters that he has in Monaco. So something's gonna happen to him again this weekend, and he's not gonna win. So it's gonna be Max for the win, Sainz, and George Russell. I don't think so, dude. Okay. I don't think so. One thing I will notice this is um, Leclerc knows his history in Monaco. Clearly, he hasn't finished the race in Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said that. Yeah. But here's here's uh, one. The bright spot this weekend again was for me was qualifying, and Leclerc has of done course. this throughout his entire career. Once he makes a mistake, he fixes it. And for the most part, he doesn't commit it again. A microcosm of this was when he turned in too soon at that chicane in Barcelona. Car spun out. Mm -hmm. He went in. He went in, changed his tires, came back out, did an outlap, and put in the fastest lap of the weekend for pole. And as he approached that corner, if you look at the replays, he was more cautious. He made sure that he hit the apex. And he got it right, and he got pulled. Um, so he will rise. Yeah, I, I, you know, if it, if it's gonna be the if this if is it gonna be any year where he can end his bad luck at his home race, I think this year is gonna be it. And he definitely has the right car underneath him to not only challenge for pole but for the win. So look, I need this prediction because it helps me out because i said 16 poles for leclerc right yeah so that would be five poles in seven races right multiply by three that would be 15 and 21 leaving the last race of the season <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know happen like that but that like i feel like that would be like for me like nice something match. like man leclerc is really good in qualifying man it's really good yeah but listen man uh, you know what uh I think uh, Russell's right up there with him. Max is a good qualifier too, but I don't think he's up there with Leclerc and 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 Russell. He's not that one lap guy. Yeah, he's 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 a good, race pace. He's quick. Yeah. Um, Same with like Paris. He's not that yeah. one lap guy. He's deadly quick. Like Max, if you have Max has a good car and he's behind you, watch out, man. It's like we'll see this Jaws. weekend. Da, da. We'll see this weekend. Yeah, yeah. but um. But if you if you can get Russell in a car that can that that's super get quick, there. Russell's dangerous too, man. Russell has put on some laps in those Williams, bro. That is like, yo, what the hell? Where did this come from? He'll so like, my only concern is, you know, for for the race, a race like Monaco, if you if you don't get a great start, if you start falling back, you're toast. So yeah. like a Carlos Sainz, like watch out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, either way, listen, it's going to be, strategy is going to play a part in this, obviously. Pit stops are going to be important. Latifi's going to crash, so there's going to be a safety car. <laughs> Where was Latifi this weekend? He was out. He, was he didn't crash. <laughs> he didn't crash. Yo. Okay. Guys, anything else to talk about here? It's no. race week. Nah, man. It's race, race week. week yeah. Also, Indy 500 right after that Woo! race, too. So, Whoa. And then the Indy 500... It's always a good race. So I, I recommend you guys watch that. Uh, 
it's gonna be a fun racing week, guys. Everybody who wants to watch the Indy 500, we could go to Paul's house. All right, everybody's invited. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. So with that said, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, if you're listening to us on a podcast platform, make sure to leave a review. Uh, any constructive criticism is welcome, as I always say. Um, guys, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Jump to Start F1. Drop by and say hello. Uh, follow us. Hit the like button, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's it. Let's do it. Peace. Peace.